Hey guys, it's Tom. I'm so excited for you to listen to my interview with the hilarious Nikki Glazer. But before that, I wanted to let you know my band, Tom Sandoval and the Most Extras, are going to be back on tour in November. We'll be in Des Plaines, Illinois on November 9th, St. Charles, Illinois on November 10th, Angola, Indiana on November 11th, New Berlin, Illinois on November 12th, Urbana, Illinois on November 14th, Peoria, Illinois on November 15th, Grand Rapids, Michigan on November 6th, and Wyandotte, Michigan on November 17th. If you want tickets, you can check out Tom Sandoval on the most extras.com. Get them now, and I'll see you in November. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everybody Loves Tom because. Doesn't everybody? Right? I'm um, here with a special guest. She's awesome. Nikki Glazer. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, from uh, Fuckboy Island. Yes, Fboy Island. Fboy yeah, Island. Yeah. But first, I gotta bring on a special guest. What? Uh, yeah, my partner I, in crime. I thought I was a special guest. Hey! Yeah, you are! What? What the ladies heck? and gentlemen. Nikki, we go back. Tom Schwartz. Yeah. He's Tom. Been, hi, guys. He's been back there all day. Yeah. Jeez. How's it going? I got a red. It's okay. Yeah. Before we get started, I got some cocktails here. Um, mocktails. Mocktails. Oh, thank you. There's something. This albino Cheers. strawberry. Oh yeah, perfect. This is beautiful. Oh yeah, here. Ooh, it's spicy, Tom. Yeah, this is uh, got muddled jalapeno, fresh lime juice, a zero proof tequila with. Um, mm. We have these uh, with muddled blackberry and. Uh, Topped with some squirt zero grapefruit soda. This is so good. Did you good, invent right? this? Uh, I, I guess I just kind of did. Yeah. It's nice. That's Thanks. awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Sorry, Thanks for coming. Cheers. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you for having. Cheers. Cheers, yeah. everybody. Thank you. You're performing tonight at at the Improv. Wow. I'm here to promote that. Love mm. Is it when's the tonight? <laughs> Be on 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm here. This is my fifth podcast of the day. The best one. Wow. Of the day. I know, and that's crazy. I'm promoting F Boy Island, so I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm at it. Yeah. yeah. So do you think. Do you, it's do the you most controversial podcast of my day. <laughs> this is the one that not, my publicists were like, you sure? You yeah, sure? Yeah. <laughs> and I go, yeah, what's the problem? And they're we like, I've been that a lot yeah? lately. I don't know why, but. Nikki, well, who proved this? I know. When I did Mass Singer, they're like, well, you know, it could be. Uh, could be like Donald, you know, people might think you're Do- Donald Trump, uh, Kanye West, oh, you, uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Vladimir? Yeah. You sound just like him. I do, I do. I, have, I, have, I hate to say that your likability factor is not, it's not the best choice to wear a Cosby sweater for you. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. This is not a Cosby sweater. You right? said what we were all thinking. Thank you. It, I mean, it's causing out a you little bit. his garage sale. Wow. <laughs> Subliminal. I'm getting sleepy I just looking at it. <laughs> What'd you oh put in there? What the fuck? Oh we well, it's uh, looser than a. It, I'm wearing it looser than Cosby. No, it's good. Would. You know what? I saw you last night or this morning. I watched Special Forces because I did Nick Vile's podcast today. Oh, he was yeah. my first podcast. And he goes, Watch Special Forces. We're going to talk about it. And I go, Tom's on. I had no idea. You yeah. are doing great on that show. Thanks. You really broke down. Uh, yes, on the, on the toilet. Wait, so that's insane that, yeah, they had you crying and shitting at the same time. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was a lot. I was coming out of all ends. That, this uh, is weird, like, because on, on reality shows, they don't usually, like, mic you when you're going to the bathroom. Like, that seems like a safe space. Did, is, is just no space on that show safe? Not, not really, no. 
Um, there were cameras everywhere at all times. It was pretty stressful because you only knew when they came and pulled your mics that you weren't going to possibly right. be pulled out to the, like, the parade square. But you even if you're mic'd, that you taking a dump would ever make it. Like, I've been mic'd before and go to the bathroom and I go, hey, just will you not listen right now? Or listen closely. Wait, I mean, Vanderbomb Vanderbomb rules, they... Anything they, you hear is a queef. That's always what I say. To, <laughs> that's what I say to the sound guy. But, like, wow. you don't think they're going to air it. Nikki, can we pause for a sec? Sure. You don't cry when you shit? We'll cut that. That was probably one of the hardest uh, physically, mentally draining things I've, I've ever done. And so... You know, it was uh, it was one of those things where you know after you get done doing something where you're just like, uh, how the hell did I was I even able to? Are you get talking about that? having a conversation with Nick Vile? Yes. <laughs> that, <laughs> no, but well that day, that day on the show, Nick said the same thing that it was like you guys lugging that 220 pound boat like three miles or something. Yeah. And then having to run back was that was that what you're talking about? Is the yeah thing? yeah, and you're just like it, it's not working. Your hands are getting ripped up. It's like they. You know, when you when you're gonna when you're gonna you know run a 5K, you prepare yourself, you you pace yourself, you know, not knowing when it's gonna end was the real killer. And oh then yeah, they're, they're not like, like yelling just run three miles. They're just like yeah, they're like run to this they're thing. like if you stop if you stop before you get you know 10 feet, whatever you like, you're gonna drop this thing. You're like if you stop, you know, you got You're gonna I want to make you do 50 push-ups, like, and you're just you're dying and so you get to that spot you give it everything and you think it's the end and then it's like yeah. are they just mean to you the whole time do they ever show the was at the end of the show do they at least go like hey good job like was there any they, yeah. like mo gordon ramsay moment where he's yes. like the, the guy yes, turns the, and okay they good. were they were yeah. but it's crazy Mickey, how mean you, they are did you do a show like that well i was watching it and thinking like okay this this is the level of fame i'm at to be asked to do the show like i'm gonna <laughs> get asked at some point and would i do it and i think the answer is you got to say yes to things that scare you i think yeah. like you doing Masked Singer, like, was that, that was probably easy. You're a singer, so that wasn't that hard for you to do. It and was, you were masked. You must have been like, thank God, I get to, like, yeah. not be myself. I didn't have a lot of time with it because I'm busy, and, you right. know, and, and um, you That's would be busy, too, as well. That's why they had you in and out well. on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, it, you know, you did, wait, you did Masked Singer, too. Yeah, I couldn't, yeah, I did it uh, season eight, so last year. Yeah, wow. a, late, a year ago. And, you, and I got third place. Nikki's That's amazing. I do. What's your go-to karaoke song? Um, uh, Criminal, Fiona Apple. Ooh. Yeah. He loves I've been a bad, Fiona bad Apple. <laughs> yeah. I have um, Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I lost to the, the the Wilson Phillips sisters, and then Amber Riley. Like, I lost to some like pretty good singers. That's amazing. Wow. But the way the show works, like it wasn't like I was competing against. It, like I got third place by there were better singers that got eliminated before me. But I'm still gonna take it as a win. Natural, yeah, that's natural that, talent. Or days. No, they, I train. Yeah. You train. You train. I I I I got into comedy because I wasn't good at anything else, and then mm. I during COVID when comedy stopped, I started like. I picked up a guitar and I started like singing. I got really in, like Taylor Swift's folklore album came out and I was like, I just kind of want to like, it was acoustic. So I was like, I just want to play. And I was living with my parents. My dad plays guitar and sings. So I was like, I'll just try to learn. And then I was like, I think I like like this more than anything I've ever done. And so then cool, I started right? taking lessons and now I take voice lessons every week. I'm trying to like be good at it. Cause I realized when I wanted to be a singer in high school, I was good, but they were like, I remember what, it, it was all about musical theater in high school. There was no like, I might be a pop star or a rock star. It's like yeah. you're either doing musical theater or nothing else. And so I remember my 
you know, choir did you do, director. You did musical theater? Yeah, but I wasn't that good at it because I wasn't a soprano and I wasn't, just wasn't interested in musical theater or like those kinds of songs. So I wasn't really good at it. But I remember my voice teacher telling my mom like, she doesn't have it. Like, don't don't invest <laughs> in this. And, and so I heard that from her, and I just like literally just quit on a dime and never that's sang again. Up. And was like, I'm never gonna do it. And that's I think that's the power of like just saying one one person can change. If someone would have been like, you've got it, and they could have been like an, a, an insane person, but if someone would have just been like, I think you're really good at this, that gives you so much confidence. That's why I do comedy. One person was like you're really good at, at, like, you're a good comedic actress. And I was like, what is that? And I started looking into it because I, you're just dying for anyone to notice that you have something in you. And yeah. so for years I thought I couldn't sing, and then I started doing it again, and I was like, everyone in my family's a good singer. I am a good singer. I just need to train. It's like, it's not something that comes yeah. naturally to me. You, people just think you're either good or you're not at singing. Right. Do you find that that can kind of help motivate you? It discouraged you? me at, for, when I was young and like really just thought you were either born with it or you, you either have it or you don't. Like I just thought yeah. talent was like you're born with it. And we kind of, we all kind of think that secretly. We don't look at Beyonce and I think we know now all the hard work that went into it, but she didn't have a childhood to get to where she is. Like Michael Jackson is Michael Jackson because he didn't have a childhood. Like these people have been training since they came out. So that's why I like comedy. You really can't start until you're about 18. Like no one wants to see a child do stand up. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. everyone's at the same level as adults. Yeah. That's we all cool. start from the same place. So we all suck at around 18. And you certainly there are better people than others, but really stand-ups, your favorite stand-ups, think of the people that you're like, they're the best stand-up. You they weren't that until about 40. When they yeah. were doing it ten, at least 10 20 years is when you're like an expert. Yeah. And that's how long it takes. That's why I like it because when you're a singer at 20, there's kids, there's people. If they've been doing it longer than you, they're gonna be so much better, and you compare yourself. But yeah. you're talking yeah. about 10,000 hours. Malcolm yes, Gladwell. yes, that's exactly what I'm talking you about. You put in 30,000 hours. I don't know. Like I try to add it up because I'm like on stage every night about an hour, and I'm yeah. like, how? It, I think I'm I'm almost there, but it's whatever, it's a struggle. Whatever it is, you've got it. You've got you got Moxie. You got really? Kispa. It's, your your life is fascinating. Like uh, I, uh, you know, people giving me sh some people have been giving me shit about coming here. I have to say, and been like not giving me shit, but like really, you're doing that. And I'm like, why wouldn't I? And I go, I'm. I go. So what do we? So what do we think he? Sh I go. Should we? Should he kill himself? Is that what we're trying to get to? Some people online think should, he should. Should should yeah. should he die? <laughs> and people go, huh? And I go, but honestly, what do you want from him? To go away forever? To lose everything? Did he kill someone? Did he, and, and I'm not saying what, you, I'm not ex excusing what you did, but I just, I'm very fa fascinated in cancel culture. That's why I was interested to meet you because I like reading books and like reading things about people whose lives have been completely turned upside down in one day. It's fascinating. It's crazy. I, you know, I, I, I'm, it's, you're a case study. I, I, there's what already been, been like, I think two documentaries done specifically about this scandal. And have you participated in those? No. Why Howie Mandel? Howie Mandel. <laughs> yeah. Like, Diane Sawyer, you turned her. Like, you had to have been getting asks for, like, you know, Oprah oh, yeah. must have wanted to talk to you. Their money, you must have. I guess you couldn't monetize it because people would have hated that. No, they would have hated that. Even and though you could have. The reason why yeah, I didn't that. do those, any of those, is because they all would have been putting on a front and been like, so, you know, Tom, but like, really in their mind, they're like, I'm fucking going for blood with this one. You know what I mean? And they would have you know done it. They, they would have been good at their job. Yeah, they would have. <laughs> and Howie's not. No, no. The reason why. The reason why is I didn't want. I didn't want somebody's motivation to 
interview me to be the like, I can't wait for the I gotcha moment. Mm. And also, I didn't want that to be their motivation. And I knew it would be if I went with people like that. If I went on The View, if I went with like, it would have been like, it would have been the I'm going to act like I'm not like emotionally involved in this, but I really am. And I'm going to like put this act on and get this I gotcha moment. And then also it's going to be their edit. It's going to be, you know, um, they're like, and you know, Howie Mandel doesn't like to dig up dirt. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know like that. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm making fun, but like, uh, yeah, you just—that's a vulnerable place to be in. Who are you going to hand this to? Who are you going to let bring out vulnerabilities, things you hadn't talked about before? You want to go with someone that you're familiar with and you know hasn't seen the show. <laughs> I want to. I would have. I wanted to do a podcast that so can be long form. Um, but also, I think Howie's. He wasn't. It didn't matter that he watched the show or not. Yeah, I agree. Because his fasc, his fascination with it was less like details about season four, episode six. His fascination was like I've seen and heard about the story on CNN, the New York Times, you know, all of these huge media outlets. Why is this Why such is a this big so... deal in the world going on right now? I That's think because... what his fascination was. It's people are so infidelity in in every way and just um, it's just so relatable, even though no one wants to ever admit that it happens in their own life or that they may have been the product of it or that their parents may have gotten together through it or that their dad might have stepped up. Like it is everywhere. And so people feel very it's just charged. And you were the scapegoat, you know, for uh, man. I want to know, like, um, uh, man. (laughs) <laughs> like how are you? How are you? Like today? Like do you wake up and like, are you like at peace with it now? I mean, it's how many months has it been? Uh, sometimes it, it it's been over six months now. Um, yeah. I think six or seven. Well, March, early March is when it all went down. Well, yeah. Came don't out. act like you don't remember the day. Seven guys, months. No, it was like March first or second. Right. Do you remember what we were dun, talking about earlier? Do you, remember, do you know what Jaws did for the ocean? It, yeah. It, it's changed people's psyches. Right. So what did this do I for think what? Scandal. Um, What's the analogy, Tom? I, th- I think that a lot of people people will not go swimming with Tom. They, yeah. saw, they saw what happened and they're like, I need to get in a hot tub. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I've seen I've seen clips. Okay, that's fine. Girls, <laughs> girls make me sign the NDA. No. <laughs> but it, I think what is like, this going to be like for you? For, sorry to, to interrupt that brilliant analogy that you almost found. We were we were all ten minutes away from you getting to it. You wanted just to go thing I'm on just it. Saying, I get what no, you're saying. What Jaws did for the ocean and sharks, I think Scandal did for people who are uh, on the precipice of uh, an affair or or involved in one right now. Yes. My, I, I called my I'm, mom and I was like, "What do you want to know, mom?" Because she's a fan or of the show and like and, and and she's a fan of the scandal. I mean, I guess that's something right now. People who are fans of a scandal, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, yeah. fandavals, and so uh, uh, she just was like, "How did he think he wasn't gonna get caught?" And I go, "Mom, I shoplifted for a really long time, and I knew it was wrong." Abercrombie, Urban Outfitters, oh. two thousand six. <laughs> I was eighteen. I knew it was wrong. I couldn't stop that it felt good every time I did it. I didn't even know I was doing it at one point. Like, I was just doing it for the charge because my life was just not, things weren't going well in my life. But every time I got out of that place and I stole, like, menswear. I didn't even have a man in my life. Like, there was, I would not even wear the things I stole. I just wanted to steal to feel like I'm doing something bad. It's naughty. I'm getting away with it. And I couldn't stop. And I knew 
that I was never going to stop until I got caught. What was like, the first thing you That it was going to have to, it was going to, I forget. It was just, my. you know, it was high school, all my friends stole. And I used to be like, I like this necklace, Kirsten. And then, because I was too pushy to steal. <laughs> and then she would steal it for me and just like palm it to me when we got it's out. It's high stakes. But then my friends went away to different schools and I was like, I got I got I got try it. And then you get addicted. But I just knew I was going to get caught someday. Did you know? Um... Yeah, I was way too emotionally wrapped up into it to like be thinking logically. Like, yeah, you were on you were on a drug. Yeah, I'm not excusing it. Yeah. You're not excusing it by saying that, but no. like, would you? You were an addict. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were. You know, it just it's all I thought about. Yeah. Literally all I thought about, and it's like one of those things where. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was it was out of control. You know. I think. Uh, and I, it's something I never thought. I would ever get like wrapped up in like I was I was like yeah right you know and here I am like in this just so wrapped up in it and unable to like pull myself away from it also had a lot to do with being insecure with myself too like you know I thought that you know I'm like like who, who like how could I ever get a girl like this this young girl like beautiful girl I had lo- such low self-esteem and I would be like, you know, I was thinking like if I let her get away, like, you know. I might not have that chance again. Exactly. It was extremely validating. Th- yeah. Have you th- like worked on that low self-esteem or is that still like a part yeah, of you? Yeah, no, I have for so sure. did you think, did you know at the time that you had low self-esteem or that, the, the, uh, did you, were you aware of all these motivations or was this just like. No, about- it was more in retrospect. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I was, I was too wrapped up in the moment to like think about that. It was more just like. You were in a different dimension. Yeah, I mean, I was so absent from like my friends. Like absent, yeah. Like I was invisible. Oh, well, I don't have to get into that. But right. Yeah. I'm Every, feeling everybody that way today. was invisible to you. Yeah. During that moment. Right. Yeah. It's like so. Yeah. It sounds like you were a drug addict a little bit. It sounds yes. like the way that it yes. is when your yes. friends get addicted to drugs. It's like and dr- I'm not. That's not excusing it. But like you know, I think I think that sex and women and this kind of thing can be obviously there are support groups for people who are addicted to this kind of it was it was the love it was like the The yeah they're love addicts it's like heroin until you're doing it did you figure out the jaws thing yet (laughs) (laughs) don't wait for that don't jump to the next one (laughs) i'm working through my bits in real time with nikki wait more importantly more importantly um you're from st louis where did you go to high school um kirkwood kirkwood yeah what about you i went to hazelwood west okay yeah yeah so when you go back home so you you went back home and you lived with your your parents i lived with my parents for during the pandemic yes okay yeah i was like 35 is so embarrassing but it wasn't at first i was i love my parents i was like i'll just hang out here i was moving uh i was in between apartments in new york so i just i just put down a lease for an apartment in New York that started March 1st, 2020. Yikes. This is the nicest place I ever got. You know, like, I that was my first, like, I'm an adult. I deserve to spend some money on myself. Nice apartment. What part of New York? I think it was, like, I'm, I'm not trying to brag here. I'm just trying to say, like, how much money I w- was in. It was eight, eight grand a month. And I never lived in it for even one day. And I paid all 12 months of it. And wow. I never stepped foot in that apartment. That's kind of wow. gangster, though. I'm not saying that's, I know that's like, oh, cool, you're so rich, but it's like, it was just like. I mean, you paid your rent with cameos, right? 
I, I was doing canvas <laughs> for a little bit. It was. It got to. There were some desperate times. It, oh hell know, yeah! I was doing canvas. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't mind it. You know, like I made peace with it almost immediately because people were like, "Don't pay it," and I'm like, "I'll pay. I have to pay it at some point." Like just. You, you said you would, you have to do what you're gonna say. There was a lease, and I had just moved a girl from Missouri, from Cape Girardeau, to New York Cape to be my Girardeau. assistant. Like, I was like, I'm leveling up. Nice apartment, I'm gonna treat myself. I've always lived so, like, you know, just like a college student, still struggling comedian. That place in Cape myself. Girardeau where they throw the rolls. What's that? Do you know I've what I'm talking about? I've never been to Cape Girardeau, but I moved this girl from there. She was to New York to be my assistant. And wow. she, the week she started was like COVID week. And then, uh, so she lived in my apartment. You're like, here's money for a cab. <laughs> it, it was, it, I paid her for a really long time too. So it was like all these expenses that I just made. It was Jeez. the wrong time, but I just stayed with my parents' house. And so I wasn't paying rent there and just I mean, hung out. And New I New York it. would have probably been a nightmare though. It, I didn't want to be there. Yeah, I was no, like too scared. I had no furniture in the place. Like I was starting over. I was going to redecorate everything. And so well, I just stayed at my parents for 10 months. Nikki, there's something romantic about that though. When you first get into a new apartment, it's just like anything is possible. Yes. And you get like the first meal you order is like a Chinese takeout. But then Black Lives Matter starts and there's riots outside of the <laughs> I didn't street. See that and you go, that was No, but you're right. There was it was gonna be like my year of being single in New York oh, and like like well, just finally like owning my life and like being like celebrating where I had arrived and then it you know, but everyone has that story about COVID. It's always like I was just on the cusp of getting everyone has that and that's mine. And but it ended up working out because I moved back to St. Louis and my life slowed down and I was addicted to doing stand-up I was doing it every night compulsively Ooh. I was about to like I wanted I was about to have an e-show actually a talk show on e that was starting I think April 20th and we were in the we were in the final stages of putting it together and I like didn't like the show I was I was like I don't want this to happen but I couldn't tell anyone because wow. all these people were invested in making it you can't oh, you no. have a, a talk show who doesn't want a talk show but I was like so exhausted my self-esteem was in the garbage can I was I was dabbling in like an eating disorder that I really couldn't control and I was like I hated myself and this show was about to come out that I didn't really know what it was and I didn't have time to commit to it and I remember saying god please something happened to take the show like there was nothing that was going to make the show go away aside from a pandemic not that I like feel like I brought oh, it on man. but it really it was you and what then was I wrong got paid was... for the TV show well, first... for all the episodes and that never even happened what was wrong with the show that you it, it, I just didn't I was doing stand up so much and I was on tour I was on my first theater tour so that pressure I was always on the road and I was I had a a, a serious XM show that I did four times a day and I had to do stand up at night I didn't have time to like be in the writers room and working on it so it was happening oh, without me you know it was like a show that was being built that yeah. I was just going to walk into and oh, it didn't feel like mine it was called yeah, Nikki yeah, Glazer's yeah. obsessed uh, Nikki Glazer's obsessed so it was like things I'm obsessed with it was kind of like a John Oliver but like lighthearted about like let's deep dive into this thing and it just wasn't I, I was like, you had to, it's something that you had to wasn't have my passion. soul into, yeah. otherwise it's gonna like. Yeah, be like you gotta like with what you're doing, and I just didn't. I was, I didn't get it yet. I didn't get the concept, so I, um, I was just like, I guess this has to happen. I'll make the best of it. But I was on the brink of like a nervous breakdown. I, w I really was like thinking, I'll just go away to like, I need to have like a, I might do like a rehab situation because I was just like mm. so exhausted, and then COVID happened, and then. That was a new low of like, I mean, we all went through it of just like depression and. Thank God you weren't in New York. I know. I, mean, I, I, I got the fuck out of there. I was so scared. Nikki, I wanted to be with mommy and daddy. What you're saying right now is reminding me of the Jessel. You remember the Jessel neck? Yeah, offensive. offensive yeah. Just like, remember every time, every time someone got <laughs> eaten by a shark, 
He would have these you shark, the puppets shark stuff come out and like sub. <laughs> yeah. Oh that. yeah, it was so good. It that pop- show was great. It popped to my mind while you were talking about your show. That was yeah. But he seemed to enjoy that show. This was a show <laughs> that I was gonna like have no. I was like, re- but it sucks to be like I don't want to do a show. Like that feels weird to say. So I was just in a bad place. But then it got worse living it with my parents. I was just so depressed, and I was like. I didn't know what to do. And I don't know how I climbed. I mean, I do know how I climbed out of it. I, like, got on meds and stuff. And then I was able to, like, get out. And then I just decided to stay in St. Louis because it, it's just, like, calmer there. There's no pressure. Every night I have to go out and do stand-up. I have to do a podcast every day. There's, you're not comparing yourself to yeah. hot people all day or whatever. You know, there's hot people in St. Hot Louis, people? but they're hard to find. Wait, well, you were saying, <laughs> you were saying <laughs> earlier you, you had, like, an eating disorder. Yeah. Do you think maybe, like, being in St. Louis kind of helps... It, well, that's what, when I, I was like just not eating all day. I was doing like intermittent fasting, which is like people who have dabbled in anorexia. Huge they're advocate. like, I finally, I can say I'm intermittent fasting and no one will notice that I have oh, a whoa. crippling eating disorder. So I was, I loved when intermittent fasting came out because it was finally like what I've been wanting to do, but no one's going to be like, you have an eating disorder. I'm like, no, I, I have a diet that is approved by Joe Rogan. <laughs> and so I was like so into it. And I, so I wouldn't eat all day. And then when I would start eating, I couldn't stop. And then I would stay up all night eating. Like, so- in bed, Toasted like I would wait, huh? Toasted ravies. <laughs> St. Louis. No, I'm vegan. Oh, but I guess those aren't you on do, v- yeah. You get They're right. Yeah. But um, uh, nice try. Um, so you wouldn't eat. So you wouldn't eat. So you wouldn't eat, and then you would eat. And then I would. I couldn't stop. You know, like it would just. You know, wow. when you break your fast, yeah. and then I would just like eat all night. So I, I didn't, I didn't gain weight from it because then the next day I would just go, okay, I have to starve all day again. And it was just like I never saw an end to it. But when I got back to St. Louis, I'm living with my parents, and I'm like, I'm thinking like, why don't I have a boyfriend to go live with? Like, why don't I have a part? Like, what's going on? Like, oh, woe is me. And then I realized I like wake up in the morning and I like would collect like protein bar wrappers. Like, how many did I eat in the middle of the night? Nine. I ate nine meal bars in the middle of the night. Like, maybe this is why you don't have a guy in your bed and you're living with your parents. And so I, like, I sought help. And I, like, started going to, like, meetings for people with eating disorders. And I, like, got it. uh, I got it under control. It just, you got to wait till these things, like you're saying, like an addiction to whatever, like a thing that you're obsessed with, you got to wait till it reaches a point where it's unmanageable, which yours kind of, you hit a bottom because of what, it wasn't really the bottom that you hit, it hit you. But I mean, it was a bottom you hit. It was. You were getting sloppy and it was getting too much. I was obsessed. I mean, I like wouldn't sleep. I, it was, it was crazy. Well, I think it's, it's, it's very similar to an addiction because people get mad at people with addictions. Like, we can say all day, like, well, you just had an addiction, you poor thing. But people are still like, well, fuck that. I don't give a fuck that he had an addiction. Fuck him. Like, he could have done better. People say that about alcoholics. Why did my dad drink? Well, just stop drinking, dad. You don't get it. Like, you've never been an addict. Yeah. So I I have empathy for you in that way, of course, because I've I've been there. That's like, I, I wish I could spotting. just stop eating. He's or sick boy. I've been anorexic before. I wish I could start eating. Like, there's, I don't, I don't know why I couldn't. That's why I, I don't like mental illness in the sense that you never get any fucking sympathy for it because everyone thinks it's up to you. Like, I was anorexic when I was 18, almost died, and it was, like, the Jeez. worst thing that ever happened to my family. I was hospitalized and all this stuff, and it was, what, I, I mean, never... You just wouldn't eat? Well, I just, like, I just was... I always hated my body, but that's not what it stemmed from. It just, like, I found something to control. Like, it was, like, gave me a purpose. It was something I was good at, finally. Like, I was good at, like, not eating. And then I was getting attention for how skinny I got. And then mm. all of a sudden, the attention goes to, like, we're worried about you. And then it makes... Then you... But you... I couldn't stop. Like, it just... Be, I can't even describe why I couldn't stop. But that is why I don't like... 
I, I felt so horrible about being anorexic for so long because people think you're choosing to do it. I mean, I even see anorexic girls now. I'm like, eat a sandwich, bitch. Like, I forget the empathy. I forget to have empathy for them because it's so wild that the cure is a hamburger and you won't just do it. But I, I can only say that I've been there and I don't know why. It would be like someone saying to eat poison. Like, Nikki, that's how it felt. I just couldn't. Nikki, yeah. it's like the stigma with alcoholism because, like, like, just stop drinking. Be better. But it's not like that. It's I wish it was that easy. My grandma, You're my hurting grandma. people. It's a disease. You're hurting your family. And well, I was like, I can't stop. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And my it seems like, like your fault. My grandma was like 65 pounds when she passed away. She literally had um, pretty much, she was obsessed with um, pooping. Um, Laxatives. Yeah. She That's why you cried like, when you shat last night. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded you of Nana. Wow, wow. It's all coming together. No, but I, a laxative abuse is like a horrible, she would horrible take, illness. She would take uh, this stuff called Clean Start, and you're supposed to take it at the most once every quarter to like clean you out. You know? She's like every quarter. She would hour. take it after like every meal. And she was, I mean, she passed away from a from what I remember a potassium deficiency because yeah, she wasn't bulimia and she became obsessive compulsive like she loved Dasani water she was the only one I guess the worst water <laughs> just not a sponsor right but literally. it's the lowest calorie it is That's the lowest she calorie water she would she would she would literally like you would pour her water and she'd be like just two more drops and like you'd, oh so you yeah you have it in your family I mean like that's the that's the sickness and it's, and it's it sucks because no one if you have cancer, everyone's like, I'm so sorry you have cancer. But no one is, when I when I was sick, no one was like, I'm sorry this is happening to you. It was, why are you doing this? Nikki, that's a perfect analogy. And it's like, why would I yeah. ever do something that that's makes a, me have no friends? Yes. Everyone hates me. I am cold all the time. I'm starving all the time. Why would I ever choose this? Maybe is this something that's not in my control? Nikki, you know what's floating do around in my mind right now? What? I, I'm dying to know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. One of the most, so many things. Uh, it's an iconic but very toxic quote from Kate. Uh, Kate. Oh, yeah. Nothing, Nothing tastes as good as skinny, skinny feels. feels. Oh, yeah, I remember that, that, that a lot. That's deep in a lot of people's psyches, that quote. That yeah. probably really helped her get better. Yeah, you're triggering me again. Oh, sorry, no. sorry. Seriously, do you... Do Sprite you, uh, zero, you said? Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. But, <laughs> squirt zero. Oh, squirt zero. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Um, yeah. do, you, do you ever feel like... Do you still, is this something you still feel like you yes. battle with? And Even when you were making this, I was like, no sugar. And I'm like, oh God, shut up. You can have, like, who cares? Like, I like. I, I do keep that in mind though, because a lot of alcoholic drinks are very, well, there's no alcohol in this, but a lot of cocktails are deceptively high in calories. Oh yeah, they really, mm. yeah, they are. Yes. But I, I, I was like, have a treat. Dude, you've been working yeah. all day. It's not going to make you fat. Like, but I still struggle with those thoughts all the time. Yeah. Our first, we, our first jobs were both at TGI Fridays. Have you ever Googled how many calories oh, are in a mudslide? It's like 2,400. Oh, really? My God. That's nuts. It's literally like 2,000 calories. Yeah. Wow. Should we get mudslides after this? <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do, I mean, because obviously, you know, he cried over one last night. <laughs> Mudslides um, are delicious. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's... Nikki, a, what was your first job? Mm. Do you remember? Your first job. At, a, at Emo's. Oh, Emo's. Yeah, yeah. St. Louis Emo's style pizza, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Emo's cheese. is delicious. Yes. Provolone cheese. It's for so yeah. good. He knows. You get it. Are you he serious? Knows. Yeah. yeah. I gotta give you one of these. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. Emo's. Emo's. 
What about you? What was your first job? My first job was, um, well, I worked at the fish fry at, I went to St. Ferdinand Catholic School and worked at their fish fry on Fridays with my uh, aunt and uncle, like briefly. And then I worked as a cook in a dive bar right by my high school. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I was like, shit, I was like 14. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. What was the dive bar? Uh, It was called Pillas. Um, and I worked, I cooked like pizzas and ev- like all yeah. kinds of shit, you know, bar food. Yeah. And, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. I liked what it. What a dead end question. Yeah. What's your first job? Nikki, it's not. I feel like a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people in the entertainment industry more often go service route yeah. versus, uh, I retail, think, you know, yes. cause it's kind of like you can either go. It's kind of performing. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Nikki, I have a good question. <laughs> Wait, um, okay. What, what was the first job that was like instilled the confidence in you to the point where you're like, you know what? I might be onto something. I can do this. Well, I guess it was, I mean, it was probably like acting or something or like stand up or the first time I did stand up, it was just like, oh, okay, well, this Mine is what I meant to do. But yeah, Yours yeah. was a Coles commercial? Yeah. Really? They, and they, what about it made you go, I mean, this? Yeah, not about me. I'm, I'm no, but like, was that the moment where you were yeah. like, I like the, the camera likes me, I well, like it? Because I, I saw people that I like, I saw famous models in there and like really had the dude way more talented than me that were in the audition room. And I'm like, and I booked it. I'm like, <gasps> it gave me the confidence. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I, I, it changed my whole world. It yes. sounds silly. I know it's a Kohl's commercial, but I was like, I saw this dude that like, he's a famous Abercrombie model. I know it sounds silly. No, he's he, on all the bags. Probably one of those yeah. handsome guys on the planet. And he like just walking out as I was walking in. And I'm like, I got this over this guy. That is such a validating moment. Yeah, that makes sense. I used to shoot for Coles all the time um, <laughs> when I modeled. Yeah, and um, I they would use a lot of like big models. Like I'm like, oh, this guy did the Calvin Klein campaign. This guy what did the Aquadagio. Twenty five hundred dollars a week. And twenty no twenty. It was like this was like so long ago. When you model for those, like, is there stuff that you put on that you're just like, this is. Ugly as fuck, but you gotta look like. <laughs> oh yeah, cool and, in it. Like, is it ever? And they would so clip it. They would clip it all in the back. That, this is what which I think is really Everything fucked is up. Clipped. When you look at Target yeah. ads, Kohl's ad, they, it's all gonna be boxy on you. It's gonna look like shit. They've, and they clipped there's it all literal in the back. binder clips on the back. <laughs> well, now they don't have to do that because now it is more fitted. Um, but like the style is kind of going back more towards baggy yeah, again. Yeah, But true. now they make things really fitted, but. Yes, back in the day, it was all clipped all in the back. Yeah. And yeah, it was great. It was, Kohl's How was like a machine of like- Start modeling though. I started, I, I got with Centro in St. Louis. Do you know them? But did they like discover Talent you? Plus. Yeah, yeah. Um, how did you get discovered? Yeah, how do you, I love a modeling discovery I story. I love the origin story. What's that one I went, picture of you when you were like kind of a kid in like a hardware store? Oh, no. no. St. Louis. That is like... Can we most, pull that up? We'll, we'll put it up. But that's my favorite. Nikki, I got to show you that. That was yeah, actually, that was actually like, that was actually kind of deep in my modeling Oh, really? Career. Yeah. Really? You were so It just young. made me look young. Oh, it was okay. like It was like a Sims-looking photo shoot I did in Connecticut, actually. Um, but I, I started... I did something... Somebody was like, oh, you should go meet this person at Talent Plus. I got into it originally for mm-hmm. acting. I quit sports in high school to be in plays and musicals. I was Orin in Little Shop of Horrors. Uh-huh. Uh, That's cool. And so and that made you feel, that was Yeah, and then fulfilling. I booked my first modeling job through my headshot. That looks I, like a joke. Yeah, it is. Oh, it is <laughs> a joke, okay. Yeah, it is. Oh my God. 
I booked my I first modeling job when I was <laughs> 15. Ironic. Did you get told? Jim's formal wear, Costelli's Jim's formal wear. Did people like tell you you should be modeling your whole life and then it finally happened? Like when did you start no. getting like your good looking like compliments? Uh, probably like high school. Oh, so, so puberty. Yeah. What about you? When's it gonna start? No, I was, I was <laughs> way behind Thomas Hannibal. Dude, he, this guy, he was on. He's got moxie, he was a dancer, he was a club promoter in Miami, a model. But like, he led such a, it's top, interesting to me when you find out that you're hot because. Oh, I'm not hot. But I mean, you were a model. Oh. That's confirmation uh, you're hot. You beat out of Abercrombie. Like, did you find out at that Coles ad? You, how did you even get in that audition? I think I'm approachably good looking. But when did you when did you get discovered? Um, I never got discovered. I moved. I met Tom on Craigslist um, back in 2009. I like packed, looking for a roommate? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I packed everything I could in my 2003 Honda Civic. Yeah. And I had a little knife. Met on Craigslist. Yeah. Wait, you didn't even move here yet? You. But you just were looking for people to live with. Yeah, an ongoing Craigslist ad. Wow. I, I, I work for a distributor. I work for um, Premier Beverage, and um, I resigned formally. And then Tom was like my main. He was like, Oh my god. Yeah. Um, and so, and then he got you into modeling. Well, I met him. Because, okay, are we gonna get deep here? Okay. Yeah. I, I was always a closet actor. I wanted to do it my whole life. Yes. But I was ashamed. I thought we were going somewhere else there. Well, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, finally. This is deep. Uh, no, no, no. I was I, wondering what I was going to come out with. I'm a schmuck from the Midwest. I'm Tom Schwartz, man. I'm from Woodbury. I'm like, I can't be an actor. Who am I to think I could be an actor? You know? Yeah. But low key, I'm reading Stanislavski out of my bed. I'm like, Aww. um. Are you still you? pursuing acting? Not so much. <laughs> Put it out there. I don't really. I, 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 I wanted I to be an actor my whole life, and like now I have like. I mean, unless Same. it's a, unless unless it's a role where I'm just walking like on that. and having fun. Like, Same. I I have no desire to fucking audition. Yeah, it's, no a, it's so desire. much more hard work. You have to love. You have to have a passion for the art of it, which it sounds like. That's why I asked. That sounds like you do. If you're reading Stanislavski, like I just was like, I want to be Rachel Green on Friends. Like I just thought you could just like get cast, and you're like, it was easy. And when I discovered like. You have to like care about like studying a character yeah. and like it's doing. So des it's so desperate too. You go into those fucking auditions, you feel desperate, you needy, and, and like yeah, it's a, it is an ugly feeling to me. No. I, I don't. It's so bad. I don't like it either. I don't. I hate I really, it. People with that are actors are really. Do you remember the first time? Skin. Do you remember the first time you bombed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, hap it always happens later because the first time you go on stage, you do well. Every comedian you meet that is like a working comedian, the first, the first time. time they'll always have a good first time story because you would never do it again if all you had there was a you bomb. You were, you're always chasing that good feeling, but I, I started bombing right away. I've been meaning to ask you this since we got here. <laughs> since we got here. Do you remember any of your first routine? Yeah. Any oh yeah. Wait, can we hear one? Or I mean, two? I I was I, I was trying to be Sarah Silverman, so I yeah, I just studied her I a lot, her. and I think I always tell comedians that are. Starting out, they're like, how do I write jokes? Just write for someone that you really like. Because sometimes it's so hard to like, what would I say? And so I would just write, like, what would Sarah Silverman say? So I yeah. wrote a joke that was like, I really, um, I even like talked like this. I did a joke about um, that my mom, I was 18, so I was like, oh my God, I, I'm in college. I just went home and my, I found out my mom told me she was pregnant. And I was like, that's so gross. What the fuck, mom? She was like, Nikki, I'm really going to need you your help. I need you to help me take care of this baby. So I pushed her down the stairs, and that took care of that. <laughs> so that was like, it was my first joke. It was like, an abortion. You know, like I was just trying to be Sarah. So uh, all I talked about was sex, abortion, rape, AIDS, <laughs> racism, like all, uh, you know, yeah. and um, 
even though I had never had sex before, I just was like, what? I was talking about having sex and like all those things before I was even doing it. My life was not interesting. Whoa. I was Wait, like a total prude. You were doing bits on sex before you had sex? Oh, absolutely. And because I, I was, I didn't have sex until I was 21. And then after that, I didn't oh, have wow. boyfriend until I was 24. I didn't have a serious boyfriend until I was 29. Like I've been stunted with all these things, but um, yeah, and that's why I talk about sex so much on stage now. I'm like kind of known as like a sex comedian, but it's not because I'm like, I love it so much. Like I do, but I think it's because I've, I was scared of it. Like yeah. I like talking about what I'm scared of. Yeah. Or things that are, and I'm like, talk, I like talking about things that are um, obviously taboo. Like we shouldn't talk about that. I'm like, no, I want to, I want to know more. So I think that's my fascination with sex. And I think a lot of times female comedians, gay get, everyone kind of rolls their eyes like, oh, she's talking about her vagina again. It's like, yeah, because we just kind of started talking about this stuff, by the way. Like, it wasn't ever cool for women to talk about. We're kind of still exploring that area. Yeah. Um, and it's growing. And uh, <laughs> there's new areas to explore every day. Um, but it's... Your vagina's growing. That's great. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's like everything else in your body. It starts to, like... Yeah. It's, it's Mine's, like, jowly recently. It's, like, it's so depressing. I have to get a brow lift down there. Um, <laughs> It's, it's bumming me it's out. It's radically honest, though, so it speaks yeah. to your soul. I like if it something's honest, soul, yeah. it's like... It comes, it, it just flows, it flows. I have some really yes. dark thoughts and some really like, indecent thoughts, but I'm just like, I can't help my thoughts. Like, I, I think what I was saying before about, like, I couldn't help having mental illness or whatever, and people are like, why don't you just eat or whatever? Like, I can't help it. I think in overcoming that and realizing I couldn't help the thoughts I was having about not eating or whatever, I've kind of excused myself from any of the dark thoughts I have, and I've been empowered to be like, I had this really fucked up thought. Like, I'm not acting on it, but like, yeah. I, and I have a microphone, it's like, like a let's mental, talk like, about Tourette's. it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm letting it out because I can't be arrested for my thoughts yet. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's gonna come, but like, for now, like I can talk about the horrible thing. I, I sometimes I think. think about like, you know, what is one thing I could do to like seriously almost like end my career? Mm. And you have what? those like thoughts. You, came for that. you already that did. But, I, I, but then I did it. You, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, did it. Let's not think about that again, Tom. No more. No one has yeah. done, like, you have, yeah. No one's been so close to being canceled forever and didn't get canceled forever. Like, What's you, it like that the whole world hates you? Oh man, it's crazy. Are you scared that it's going to be the thing that defines you the rest of your life? Like, um, I am a little bit. Earlier today on the Nick's podcast, I was kind of I wasn't defending you, but I was kind of like talking about things that I could tell no one in the room was like agreeing with me, and I could tell none of his fan base is gonna like what I said. Oh yeah, because it was yeah. just about how I don't know that he said that he had a conversation with you about stuff, and that you had said something of like I don't know that I can. I forget what he's, you can listen to it. He's not going to cut it out, but it was something to the effect of, I can't say I'll never do this again. Like, who can ever say that, they, that they'll never, they, and absolutes. I think you said something about, I can't, uh, I can't say absolutely yeah, I, one way or the other about anything. And I think, I agree that I don't, like dealing I don't absolutes. want to hurt anyone in my That's life, but I can't side. say, I, even my boyfriend, if he's, I don't think he'll ever cheat on me, but I, I, if he said, I'm never going to cheat on you, I'll take that at face value, but like, he doesn't know where he's going to be at some point. He doesn't know 20 years down the line when he fucking hates me. Or I'm, I'm not talking about your case or whatever. Yeah, no, I'm just I, saying in general, isn't like, it a better situation. To, isn't it better to just... just like a Tom sympathizer. It's, and <laughs> I'm, Tom I am not. I'm just saying, like, I can't... I find it's better to... <laughs> <Tom's> s- <laughs> I find it's better to, like, lower expectations in a way, and then 
exceed them. Then, I just like, can't say where I'm going to be. I can't say yeah. what kind of person I'm going to be, where my mental state will be, where his, like, I just, I know people, I've done things that I would never predict I would do, both good and bad. Yeah. So I can't say that I'm, like, I, I say this for both evil things that I could do and good <laughs> things that I could do. Like, I don't know that I can't win a Grammy someday for my am- dumb singing career that I'm just starting right now. Like, I say that, like, it's in the cards. It's probably not. And Are the you? fact that I cheat on my boyfriend is... Not it's not gonna happen, but it's in the car. Like anything could happen. What are you capable I don't rule it out. <laughs> what am I capable of? I'm gonna cheat on the Grammys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna win one, but it's not gonna be for lawful reasons. But I will say that after that podcast, I had him like there was a dog in the room, and I was getting so amped up that, and I was picturing the the comments of like she fucking didn't. She's throwing women under the bus, like all the things, and I started like kind of having like anxiety, and this dog was in the room and. I swear to God, this dog Golden was doodle. like sensed my anxiety and just started like walking over to me slowly. Because this dog was trying to get to me at first and it wouldn't even, but it sensed I needed it because I was I was having that moment of like, and then I left his podcast and I was spiraling of like, God, what could people say? How much are they going to hate me after mm. that? And like, even just associating with you, like I have to, like I can't imagine what it's like to be you. And I, you know, I. Try having a I gotta tell you, there, you, I've got to tell you, there was there was some times that really sucked. But uh, I don't think I, to be honest, I don't think I would have made it with how much people say they hate you because I'm not going to say they do hate you because I don't think they do. I do think it's like projecting and it's a part of themselves they hate or someone that hurt them in the past that they're obviously projecting onto you. It's yeah. a lightning rod. But it would have, uh, it would, I wouldn't have survived that. It, it, it was, You uh, must be an, an insane narcissist to get through that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some kind of personality okay. disorder that is yeah. stealing <laughs> you from the, this hatred coming at you. I mean, I don't. I kept myself. I, don't I kept I, myself really busy, and I, I, um, I did a lot drinking. of. I stopped drinking. I, I just started focusing on any like, like the eating disorder stuff that I could control. Like I started working out really hard. Yeah. I started keeping myself really active, trying to, to trying to improve myself in all the ways that I could possibly do that, and that really helped pull me out. And then special forces was like a punishment, like you said yeah. last night. Well, <laughs> why, wasn't that weird? They parade you around with like. Yeah, that was. They put a, a bag over your head. When you put like, when they put a bag over my head, it was it was a little bit um, like sort of calming because I knew I wasn't gonna have to do anything crazy. Like it was like being on Mass Singer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was yeah, something gonna... calming about it, and there was something like where I'm like, well, they can't have us do anything crazy hard because we're cloaked. Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah. So all we have to do is grab onto somebody or follow oh, them, whatever can, they're doing. You can give up control. Yeah, and, and then just... and then too, I thought, okay, if they uncloak me, whatever whatever we're doing is going to be more of shock value so maybe not so physically hard yes Nikki. oh so it would be a Nikki, good you know, sign Nikki, for you yeah. things were calming down huh he has a Pavlonian response. He can only shit with a cloak over his head. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. It's the only way he can shit. Well, wait, I want to talk. I liked it. I want to talk before before we. I want to talk about uh, F boy F boy Island. So yeah. so so what 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 really sort of uh, intrigues you about this show? I like sought out this show because I I just found myself all I watched was reality programming and then I was always auditioning for like scripted stuff and I'm like why am I like trying to do things that I wouldn't watch you know like I, I like mm. I like reality shows I think obviously the situations can be formulaic and and quote unquote fake but I do think they are they're interesting they're anthropological studies of people they're uh, they're intriguing life. to me I don't think it's dumb TV I think it's really actually. When uh, my my thing that people go and they're like reality TV's fake and I'm like oh so is your scripted show not fake because it's an actor that's not the person they say they are and they're reading lines 
written for them by white men in Burbank. How, you can't get really. more fake than that, so it's, don't call my show fake. It's voyeurism. And it's yeah. like a zoo. I always compare like FBOL and dating shows to like, you don't go to the zoo and you're like, oh my god, those pandas, like that's fake that they're fucking. It's like, yeah, they wouldn't probably fuck in the real <laughs> life, but we put them in habitat and yeah. they're into each other and they're, they're fucking. That's yeah. That's, that's what it is. It's a zoo, but people will go, zoo is so low culture, low brow. It's like, no, it's like a way, this is what we do with people and they do fall in love and it's all real and there's so much drama and, um, and our show is awesome because we have villains yes. that like say they're villains. Whereas, like, you're usually watching reality shows and you're like, I think that guy's a bad guy. He's there for the wrong reasons. See, I but always... our show, people are like, I'm here for the wrong reasons. I'm a piece of shit. And I'm going <laughs> to lie to this girl. And I can't even believe I'm going on a date with her. I, like, don't even like her. She's so boring. I would never talk to her on the outside world. Would I mean, you... I, don't, I don't do anything. I don't would write Would you ever stuff. be a contestant on a dating show, you think? I, I wanted to. Well, when they first called me for F-Boy Island, I thought they... Like, I was calling to, like, tell me I was one of the girls. <laughs> what? I was oh. so excited. It was really embarrassing. You were excited? Oh, I've been, I would, I would love to be the Bachelorette. I'm in a relationship now, so it's like, that's not even on the table. But, like, oh, back in the I day, I would have loved to be, oh, I would have loved it. But you are on a show that oh. is like that. Like, reality, sh that's what I like about reality TV is, like, I don't know, I'm more honest on camera. Like, that's... I feel like I'm more willing to do things that are out of my comfort zone that I really want to do, but I'm like, I can't do this just for myself. But when it's like, it's for entertainment, I'm like, it's I can do go. things that I'm like scared to do or Mickey, like be intimate. it's an unspoken intimate pact you make and... with the universe. It's like when you do a show, scripted, unscripted, it's like you bare your, yeah, you bare your soul. Well, yeah, you I always have to have like... the one conversation. Our show, I always tell people, you have to have the one conversation with the one person you don't want to have it with. Mm -hmm. And, and they force is, you to. You feel nauseous. Yes. You are like shaking. You're like, but it, it's very, it, it has. Long-term therapeutic. Short-term is terrible. It's oh, terrifying. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. You know, you're just like, oh, God. Okay, let's just, just do it. Just do it. I don't want to go. Go. On my reality show, my boyfriend and I, like, we needed, like, a storyline of us, like, dealing with something and, try, like, doing something new. And so we, they started having us go to therapy. And my boyfriend was even reluctant to be on the show. And. But I pitched it as a dating show before we got back together. We've been off and on. And when I pitched the show, I was dating. And I was like, I want this to be a show where I date. Like, I was kind of pitching it as, like, a bachelorette in St. Louis. Okay. And so when the show got picked up, I was, like, starting to hook up with my ex-boyfriend again. And it was becoming, like, oh, this is kind so of So we lived thing. in St. Louis? Mm -hmm. he, moved, he was from St. Louis and moved back during COVID, too. And we were just like, wow. we should hang out, you know. And then it turned into us dating. And then when the show was ready to shoot, I was like, I gotta, this is a show about me like going on dates and like being romantic with someone. Like I wanna be smooching on cam. Like that's part of the, the thing I sold and I gotta do that. So you, can you be on the show? Like, because this is what I'm, and if you're not, I have to date people and I'm not gonna fake it. Like it's a big ass I kind of want a boyfriend who will be on camera with me because I feel yeah. like reality TV is gonna be a part of my life. It's a big ass. Not because it's, I just like reality TV and, and I, this is the start of something I wanna do. And he was like, he's, you know, he's a behind the camera guy and he was like, I get like it really it meant a lot to me that he took that risk and was willing to do it. But then on the show, they had us go to couples therapy, which we had ne we've been off and on for 10 years, never even considered going. And we went on the show. We still see that woman that we went to. Did it so help? like it you helped? said, it helped not only the show, but we kept going. And now it's like the That's reason awesome. we're still together is because a reality show forced us to do something we never would have done really? if yeah, it wouldn't have been yeah, for yeah, entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you're saying, like it forces you to have the conversations that are in the short term horrible, uncomfortable, long-term, we keep, we still see this woman that was cast. And I mean, she's a real therapist, but we, wow. we still do it. And That's it's awesome. the reason we're still together, I would say. That's so awesome. I, I like reality shows. I think they lead you to good things. When you're not getting properly compensated for it, it is a big ask. Yeah. For people to expose their lives, their souls. Yeah. And really open up. It's, it's yeah. when you're, like, I mean, I don't, 
and they're not comfortable in front of the camera. They don't have that desire. Because I just assumed when I pitched the show that everyone likes to be on TV. Yeah. So I thought, yeah. like, my family, I'm like, <laughs> I pitched it in, in, on these Zooms, living in my parents' house. Like, my mom will be on it, my dad will be on it. They're amazing. You know, they're on my Instagram and stuff when I just, like, put it in their face. And they're always funny. And then it, it got bought, and they're like, we don't want to do this. And I'm like, but you're going to be on TV. Like, everyone wants to be on TV. I just assumed <laughs> everyone wants to be famous or whatever. They don't. Some yeah. people are just fine with the life they have and the amount of people knowing who they are, yeah. they don't need love from strangers in this sad, desperate <laughs> way that I do. And I have to kind of reflect on that and go, wow, what's Nick, wrong with me? Nick, but you, now they love it. You know what you used to remind me of? Like back in the day when we first started our careers and everything, like you book like an ad, maybe it's a T-Mobile ad. Yeah. And people see you and they're like, dude, you're rich. You made yeah. it. Oh. Meanwhile, you made $500. For the I was day. in two After- Bon Jovi videos. I did stunts. They were massive. They were on TRL. Like, they closed down Bleecker Street. I landed in the middle on a parachute harness. I mean, it was nuts. And everybody's like, yeah, I can't believe Sandoval made it. He's a millionaire. They see me in a uh, magazine, like, uh, you know. He's got $640 in his account. <laughs> no, not even. Not even. No, yeah, I mean. That's being generous. Yeah. I think, yeah. think, I think the strike really exposed what how much people get made or how much people make in entertainment and like how much my friend like is still under the illusion like if i'm an actress i'm gonna be like rich and i'm like you don't get it no like actors aren't rich that's why they do commercials that's why they do brand deals like uh, thank god i have touring thank god you have like touring thank god for it because if i was just relying on a tv show or being on tv like thankfully i i, I book stuff but like hey, Nikki, i can always go on tour and make money Nikki. and that's where the, all the money is Nikki. yeah like Nikki. taylor swift look like she can yeah. sell all the albums in the world the tours where she's making her money yeah but what if what if what if just time would, would you ever yeah in case this is the last season the bathroom pass is over there yeah. you can take in case it. this is the last season of Vanderpump Rules can I be your assistant <laughs> yes I would love Fuck it yeah. just live in my abandoned apartment in New York Maybe an hour yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, with, uh, with, um, with touring your, your, you know and, and uh, I know you were talking about singing um, and having that passion for singing yeah. is that something you're like wanting to pursue yeah I like love it more than stand up sometimes Whoa. I mean I love stand up because it's just so you can just say anything, and I, I will never stop doing it, but I love singing so fucking much. But it's embarrassing to, like, write music. Jokes jokes are great because they're, for someone who, like, I, I'm scared of feelings. Like, I'm a very emotional person, but I'm very uncomfortable with them. And, and jokes, I can, like, say something serious, but I just go, I'm just kidding. Like, yeah. I can say some real shit, but it's always under the guise of, she could be kidding. Yes. But lyrics, when you're writing poetry, That's very vulnerable. Soul, so and, scary and, and, and to and do. And, and, and your soul. I, I mean, I wrote some songs for F-Boy Island. Like, we did this bit where, um, you know, on all, all dating shows, like, they go on a date and then they walk into, like, a, a, a beautifully lit, like, atrium and there's, like, some musician you've never heard of, and they're like, Josh Radin. And they're like, who is John? Like, they act like, they told him, like, just be excited about Josh Radin. Yeah. And, um, and, and so we did that on the, we spooked it on the show, but it was me, and, and I, like, was like, I'll, do, I'll write a song for it. And I'm like, and it was the day, it was, like, hours before we shoot, and I was like, I don't have a song yet. And I'm like, I have to, and it was obviously a comedy song, but I, it was, it, I had to be under the gun. And I wrote, so I have two songs, one in F-Boy Island and one in F-Girl Island that's uh, coming up that I wrote, and I'm like, Okay, I like wrote the melody, I wrote the lyrics, I'm like, I'm baby stepping into it, but I have to do comedy first. Like, it has to be like, I'm not serious. So that if anyone goes, this sucks, I'm like, but I was joking. Yeah. You're not ever putting yourself out on the line. It's very vulnerable. When Bob Saget died, I wrote a song. I collaborated on writing a song about him. It was like the one thing that I was like, you know what? I'm really sad and I'm like, this is overwhelming me so much how sad I am about my friend dying. 
that I'm going to write this song. I was already in the studio with my friends just recording some songs that they wrote, and it was just for me. I was never going to release them because I was like, I just want to see what this feels like. I'll just do it. And then Bob died while we were in the studio, and I was like, this song kind of reminds me of Bob. Let me just toy with the lyrics, and I released it. And I got torn to shreds for, like, how cringe it is because as a comedian... You can't do something like sincere. It's just too cringy. If you Howard just, if, Stern show made fun of me. Everyone still oh makes fun no. of me about it. If you it. keep doing it, though, I mean, people and then people get used to it. They'll get used to they it. They will. They'll get used to it. I mean, look, like as a reality star, you know, performing, like we we're in a cover band, which is the best thing ever. Yeah. Because it's other people's music or whatever. But yes. even like even your singing abilities, your, you know, your musical abilities, they all they they want. They are so ready to fucking hate. Yes. So because it's everyone wants to be a rock star and they're jealous. Honestly, I not that they're. Uh, I just want to say when I was getting made fun of by comedians, the comedians that went the hardest on me and made the most fun of me are guys that I know love to sing and they want to sing. They have a song in their heart so badly, <laughs> yeah. and I know that when I get like I start hating on something, it's usually because it might suck, right? The thing I'm hating on. But I'm kind of jealous that that person doesn't seem to care that it sucks and that they did it anyway. I'm jealous of the I don't give a fuckness that some people possess, that I'm too embarrassed to do this thing. So I think that I have to look at that as when people hate, they're just like, they're kind of jealous that you don't care Nikki, and that yeah. they care so Nikki, much. I know what you're saying. They might think I suck, truly, and I might, but they still like wish they had the balls to put themselves out there and take that risk. Right. Dude, it's, exactly. it's easier to be yeah. cheesy under the cloak of melody. <laughs> No, finish it. That's all right. Paul verse six. No, it's. I think it is better. It's better to like look like an idiot and take a chance than to say, "God." Like when I was thinking about special forces, if they asked me, I would have to say yes because I would hate to get older and be like, "God, you were such a. You didn't do that cool show." Where you could have I learned about it. yourself because I, I was too it. scared or yeah. whatever. You got if you if they ask you to do it, you got to do it. I, I, that's what I say about Dancing with the Stars. It was a horrible experience for me, and I got voted off first. But <laughs> everyone I meet, I'm like, do it! It's the greatest thing you'll ever do. It's so hard and it's so challenging, but it's so fun. Yeah. So yeah. like, I, so I Push hearing you say that just now, different. I would do it because I know that feeling of like, it sucks so much. It's the worst thing you'll ever do, but it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I would do it. The obstacle is the way. I'll do Are it. Are we getting into stoicism right now? Oh, what? The we're obstacle? Get, oh, yeah. Ryan Holiday. Right you know what we should do? That guy I had to mute because I he's just Ryan. too... He's too. I had to mute him. He's just Ryan too Holiday. upbeat. Oh, and he's always challenging <laughs> he's me to like, wake up early. And, like, <laughs> Wait, you know what should, eyes are too piercing. <laughs> Wait, you know what? We should... Uh, are, you, are you around tonight? Yeah. We should go sing some karaoke. Tom, she has to perform. I honestly love it so much. Oh. You are you to, serious? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go do some karaoke. They have it at Saddle Ranch. Oh, they do have Saddle Ranch. Wait, on Sunset? Yeah. yeah. Dude, I'm staying right next to there. <laughs> yes! Let's fucking do it! <laughs> Let's do some karaoke. Fiona All right, Apple. fuck We're yes. Fiona yeah. Apple I have to go do a set, but then I'll come over to Salvador. Can we come check out your set? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. I don't want to ruin the moment where you're banned from. What? You're banned from Saddle Ranch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really? Sorry, yeah. Dude, why you gotta call me out like that? Anyways, we gotta wrap. So, um, where so uh, where can we where can people I watch? I have a podcast called the Nikki Glazer Podcast. It's twice a week, and Ooh. then I have um, F Boy Island. That's on the CW every Monday night. And you could you could just jump in. You, if you miss episodes, don't be like, I, how am I gonna know? We'll catch you up. <laughs> and uh, same with my podcast. You you just jump in at any time. It's fun. And then um, I'm on tour all the time. Every Hell weekend, yeah. I'm on like a um, you know a U.S. tour. 
and until February, taping a special in a couple months. That'll be out in sometime next year. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So it's busy a little bit. And tonight you're going to be performing. And tonight I will be doing karaoke at Saddle Ranch. Yes! <laughs> Hell yes! Nikki, are we riding the bull or no? We better make them one. <laughs> Let's the bull. do it! No, I would never do that. What? I hate the bull. Because you like have to look sexy, but then they end up making you yeah, just, like, they shake the it, ass. Like, no, no bull. I can't. always look sexy on the bull. <laughs> Thank you. It's Thank not that you. hard. Hell yeah. Words. Everyone, it's been such a pleasure, yeah, and so uh, thank you so much for coming by. And yeah. thank you for having me. It was so yeah. much. It was so fun. What should we name this cocktail? Um, a lot of pressure. Oh God, what's some bullshit you said? What, <laughs> what? What? That's a lot. Uh, Vanity is embarrassment or something. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, the cloak of melody. The cloak of melody. I like it. The cloak of melody. Cheers. Cheers. There was something Cheers. to that, by the way. I liked it. Okay. I saw where you were going. Okay, Jaws. Uh, when you're performing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>